So thank you everyone for being here today. So good afternoon everyone, I'm Jesslyn Bay, co-founder of Blackstone Consulting. So on behalf of Blackstone Consulting and uh, Privacy Ninja, I would like to extend a very warm welcome to all of you. Uh, we appreciate you taking time off your busy schedule to join us today. So this is the agenda of today's session whereby I will go through very quickly about, you know, an introduction of Blackstone Consulting for those who are new to us. Uh, then I'll pass on the time to Privacy Ninja team in which they will talk about uh, data protection officer requirement, what do you need to know, and we will have a short discussion on the common breaches and you know, prevention tips uh, that they will share, okay? So before I begin, I will share some you know, housekeeping rule uh, today. So firstly, please turn off your audio and video throughout. I know some of you may be very excited to uh, ask questions, so you can always post your uh, question at the chat box uh, throughout the discussion. Okay, so you can actually ask uh, with your audio and video on uh, later during the open discussion. We will have a session for that. And please note that this session is actually broadcasted live in multiple places on uh, Facebook. So if you actually uh, Blackstone Consulting uh, Facebook page. So if you have any friends who are interested in this and you think that they will benefit from it, please share to them. Okay, so today we are very excited to have a guest. Um, you know, uh, Mr. Andy Prakash, as well as uh, Mr. Dester Ng, uh, the founder and as well as the CTO of Privacy Ninja uh, to share some share their expertise with us. Okay, so for those who are new to Blackstone Consulting, uh, let me talk a little bit about Blackstone Consulting first. So we are a business consultancy firm headquartered in Singapore uh, with offices in Bangkok, Taiwan and upcoming in Malaysia. So uh, to put it short, we are actually skilled businesses in Southeast Asia, helping companies to land in Singapore and other parts of Southeast Asia. So we are also a proud founding members of uh, you know, Multinational Business Alliance with two other founding members, uh, a marketing and a sales consultancy firm in Taiwan and HR consultancy in Singapore as well as Taiwan. So these are the company that we work with um, which coming from uh, multiple places uh, from the world. We have Russia, US, uh, Taiwan, China as such, and companies as large as Lenovo and also some government agencies as well as uh, startups. Okay, so I believe many of you or even Blessing Consulting also, we actually received a recent re reminder email from the PTPC, uh, which is Personal Data Protection Commission, uh, regarding the appointment of data protection officer. So in fact, as a consultancy firm, we actually uh, received quite a number of requests uh, and queries regarding this email. So which is why we decided to hold a session like this to address the query and to answer what exactly is this email about. So now let me pass on the time over to Andy, uh, whereby Andy will talk about the data protection officer and they will introduce themselves uh, more. Okay, Andy, please, I will stop share now. All right, thank you so much, Jesslyn. I'll take over the screen sharing. Okay, so yes. very good afternoon, everyone. Okay, my name is Andy, and I'm from Privacy Ninja. Thank you, Blackstorm Consulting, for you know co-hosting this with us. And this is a very important session whereby we like to share what is this data protection officer requirement in Singapore. Okay, and what businesses need to know uh, with regards to the PDPA, the Personal Data Protection Act. Okay, the DPO requirements. Okay, and also how they can fulfill their obligations under the PDPA. Okay, without further ado, okay, we will start on the session proper. 
These are just a few media mentions that we have been on with regards to cybersecurity and data protection. So Channel News Asia, Channel 8, right on the deep web, dark web. We have done live hacking demonstrations at Echelon and even invited to speak at Interpol World last year. Okay, this will be a gist of the topics that I'll be covering today, okay, in the next about 15-20 minutes. So first, we'll touch on what is mandatory by law under the PDPA. What is this Accra BizFile email that businesses may have already received? If not, they may receive it okay, in the coming uh, months. Okay, what is a DPO's responsibilities? What are the penalties that businesses are facing okay, if they uh, suffer a data breach or if they get found out that they do not have a DPO? Okay, and also just to share, why is outsourcing your DPO's obligations okay, to an external uh, DPO something that businesses can consider? And last but not least, cost savings involved. Okay, so firstly, what's mandatory by law is that all organizations in Singapore must appoint a DPO. Okay, the data protection officer is quite a mouthful, so I'll just give it a short form, DPO. As you can see from this post over here, Okay, created by the PDPC, the Personal Data Protection Commission, which is Singapore's data protection regulator. You can see here that appointing a DPO is mandatory. So all businesses, big or small, okay, you need a DPO. So then how can a business comply to the Personal Data Protection Act? Okay, just to share that this act, the PDPA, is not something new. Okay, it has been around since 2012. Okay, you may or may not have heard about the term PDPA, but more or less, most people would know about uh, the Singh Health incident, right? The data breach, whereby even our Prime Minister's uh, medical records were accessed multiple times and Singh Health and their IT vendor, IHIS, got fined the maximum amount of $1 million, right? Uh, collectively, which is the maximum fine. So how can a business comply to the PDPA? Okay, basically, they need to develop and implement the necessary policies and practices okay, to put this in place okay, to meet their obligations under the PDPA. And at the very start, okay, every business needs to appoint okay, or designate to appoint at least one individual known as the DPO. So second, okay, second step will be to make sure that this DPO's business contact information, okay, short form his BCI, okay, to be publicly available so that the public, okay, customers, and even PDPC can easily gain access to this contact information and contact the DPO okay, with regards to any data protection matters. Okay, so what is this Accra based file email okay, that we've been talking about? Okay, so the PDPC has collaborated with um, Accra. So Accra is Singapore's business, uh, all the entities regis uh, registry. So you can see in this email screenshot itself that it's addressed okay, directly to a business. You can see here that they state under the PDPA, Organizations are required to develop and implement policies and practices to meet their uh, data protection obligations. They need to appoint at least one individual as the DPO. They need to make available the DPO's BCI, which is all mandatory under the law. So this was what I previously also mentioned. And they also aim to inform that the PDPC has collaborated with aircraft to develop this new e-service that will enable business entities in Singapore okay, to easily register and update their DPO's BCI. Okay, so remember earlier I mentioned that every business has to make publicly available your DPO's contact information. So some businesses may not have a corporate website. It's very hard for them okay, to fulfill this uh, requirement 
to make their DPOs BCI publicly available. So then PDBC collaborated with ECRA to now make it okay very, very uh, easy. You can just go to ECRA, okay, um, so beastfile.gov.sg. You don't even have to log in with SingPass or CodePass. Okay, you just put in any company's name, click search, and then there'll be a new function there, okay, called Data Protection Officer. Okay, slightly covered by the gray overlay, but it's here. You click on a word here, and then the DPO's information of that organization will appear. Okay, what if you search for a company and that DPO's information is not available, right? Not lodged into ACRA, did not update the ACRA base file. So then how can you confirm if they have a DPO? Okay, go to their corporate website, search for their privacy policy, and see if their DPO's BCI is stated there. Okay, so let's talk about a DPO's responsibilities. Most business owners, first thing that comes to mind is that they will ask themselves, is this something that I can appoint or delegate to one of my existing employees to take on this role as a DPO for my whole organization to fulfill their PDPA compliance? Okay, so let me share okay, what is the DPO's responsibilities primarily and more. Okay, so these um, responsibilities stated here are taken from uh, PDPC's website. Okay, so firstly, a DPO has to ensure that the organization has in place okay, the necessary policies and processes on how they handle, okay, manage, and process personal data under their care. Second, okay, a DPO has to ensure two things. One, that the employees in the organization are aware of their PDPA obligations. And two, that employees are aware okay, on the implemented policies in the organizations. Okay, so you can send your employees for training, get a budget, send them for external training, or the DPO can perform in-house training in periodic intervals to their employees. Okay, processes. So of course, every business has its business processes. That's how you're able to run a business. Okay, but with regards to the PDPA, okay, there are three processes, okay, minimally three, that must be formalized under the PDPA. So firstly, you have your data access requests, which means any customer okay, can come up to you as a business and ask you, like ABC company, I would like to have access to my personal data okay, that you have about me. How have you used it? And who have you disclosed it to in the past one year? So under your organization obligations, you have to give access to the customer or the subject. Okay, you cannot deny him access, but there are certain things you have to know like you're able to even charge a processing fee like uh, to be able to address his query. Okay, secondly, we have our consent withdrawal. So you must allow your customers, the consumers, to be able to withdraw their consent for you to stop processing their personal data. Right? Certain things you have to know again is that you must be transparent and make sure that the data subject is clear on the consequences if okay, they were to withdraw their consent. We also have the complaints. So you must formalize the complaints process and SOP to allow the customers to properly complain to, to your organization with regards to how okay, they, they maybe they feel unsafe about how you're governing their personal data. Okay, so let's move on to risk assessment. So a DPO must be knowledgeable, okay, must be provisioned to be able to perform okay, risk assessment for the organization. So this can be as simple as Identifying that the endpoints, the workstations in the company, okay, do not have um, antivirus or anti-malware software. So as we all know now, all data, okay, most of the companies are storing data in the cloud or online. So then this will be a prevention. 
So DPO can suggest to management, okay, to get a budget to install this uh, data protection software, antivirus, anti-malware software onto the employees' workstations. This can be uh, monitoring the environment, the physical uh, work area, to see if there's uh, third parties walking in and now having easy access to the environment. Okay, today, is there a possible chance that sensitive documents uh, stored on the premises may be accessed by these third parties? So then is there CCTV? Are there access uh, restrictions? or all these documents under lock and key. So there's a whole range of what's possible based on the work uh, environment, both on-site and also for the cyber portion. Another thing is also, let's say for the cyber portion, a DPO can um, recommend to management to perform regular penetration testing on their website or on their uh, applications if they have any. Okay, point of contact. So I always say, that a DPO is an organization's frontline, most important line of defense. And why do I say that? Okay, it's because any public complaints, queries, PDPC questions, okay, we're all, the first point of contact will be the DPO. And then the DPO can delegate to, to the necessary internal departments okay, to address these uh, data protection matters. So if you have a very good DPO in place, he will be able to provide satisfactory answers and ease okay, any worries okay, from any questions or complaints from any customers. Okay, so with regards to data protection, okay, who do people look to? They will look for the data protection officer, the DPO in an organization. Okay, so I've spoken so much. So from these few items alone, in each item itself, you can see that there's a lot of uh, matters okay, to be complied with, to be done. So that's why a DPO's role okay, is not something easily that businesses can just appoint an employee to go and settle the whole organization's PDPA compliance. We need a team, we need an experienced personnel to be able to take this on. So let's look at the penalties, right? Okay, we are all uh, are familiar with this case. I also previously mentioned Sing Health and IHIS. So in last year, January, okay, $250,000 was imposed on Sing Health, and the bulk of it, $750,000 was imposed on their uh, IT vendor. Okay, we have a few more other uh, popular cases. Okay, Ninja Logistics. Okay, financial penalty of $90,000 were issued to them. Okay, why? Because of the tracking function on their website. Okay, users could manipulate uh, the input, the data, and be able to gain access to uh, more data than they, they are supposed to. So then there was a complaint, and then uh, they were issued a penalty. Okay, we have uh, Singtel. So if, because of the My Singtel mobile application, they will find $9,000. Okay, we have Grab Car. So there was another more recent incident as well for, for Grab. In total, there, there's about four incidents so far. And they were issued a financial penalty just for this case alone, $16,000. Okay, let's take a look at F&B as well. So even Spice, which is a popular F&B establishment in Singapore, Okay, they were issued a hefty penalty of $20,000. So, of course, these are because of uh, data breaches, right? But let's take a look at what about just, okay, uh, not having a, a DPO. So, these are some examples. And you can see typically, okay, I would say the market pricing, okay, businesses are forking out $5,000 to $20,000. And where do I get all this information and data from? Okay, it's all open, available information, found on PDPC's website. You can go to pdpc.gov.sg, click on enforcement cases, 
and click on accountability. So there are nine obligations under the PDPA and accountability obligation, okay, is the obligation dealing with appointment of a DPO, making a DPO's BCI publicly available. So let's take a look at any case. I can click on it. I can see, oh, Society of Tourist Guides, $20,000 penalty, okay, did not appoint a DPO. So again, why is the DPO so important? It's because if an organization did not even appoint okay, the lead personnel, the head personnel, the DPO, to take charge and get the company okay, to perform its needful to ensure compliance with the PDPA, okay, you can be sure that everything else is not done. Right? You can't not have someone to lead everything and then everything else just magically is done. So you can even click to learn more. So PDBC wants businesses in a similar industry to learn from these case studies and ensure that they do not, okay, try not to make the same mistakes. Okay, let's go back. Okay, so I always like to refer to this slide is that um, the PDBC's deputy commissioner himself said, okay, that an organization with a highly placed professional DPO, okay, may well avoid a finding that it has, that means the organization has violated the PDPA, okay, even though there was a data breach. Okay, why does he say this? It's because he has a highly placed professional DPO. If he does his job well, he knows what he's doing, implemented everything. Okay, unfortunately, there may still be a mistake made or human error, okay, a minor data breach or unauthorized disclosure, for example, was made or a complaint made. When PDPC is able to see that this organization has done all it, all it can and more, okay, they may most probably issue a warning and get, give, uh, issue directions to the company and make sure that there's a pipeline in place on how this issue can be mitigated and addressed moving forward. Okay, so outsourcing. What's the difference between developing your in-house DPO capabilities and outsourcing this out to a service provider? Okay, some of the pain points is that for an organization to appoint internally a DPO, okay, definitely that person, that personnel will not have the necessary training or even know what to do. So you have to send him or her for training. You have to go through various trainings in place, right? And this is not even talking. If this employee is going to stay in the company long enough to be able to ensure everything is done and make sure that the rest of the employees work together to get them compliant. Okay, this is not even talking also about the financial investment that you have to place into this employee. So what about experience? Okay, no business owner would easily just entrust anyone new to ensure that the whole organization is compliant because of the financial penalties in place Okay, under the PDPA. Maximum penalty as of now, okay, which they're also looking to raise. Okay, as of now, the maximum penalty is a million dollars. Okay, so that's not something that businesses will want to uh, trifle with. And capability constraints. So every business, okay, especially now, whereby the COVID period seriously impacted almost all businesses. So then businesses will be focusing on bringing in the income, generating more revenue, right? They do not have the necessary manpower all resources to try, uh, attempt to comply to the PDPA, even though it's mandatory. Okay, so just to quickly share also on what Privacy Ninja can do for businesses. Okay, you can also refer to this if you are a DPO or if you have a DPO, they can also perform something similar to get the, uh, to be, to have efforts, okay, to get the company compliant under the PDPA. So for example, okay, what we do is we perform twice a year. So it's a biannual, company review slash risk assessment on a business processes and audit. We spring a surprise audit, 
to simulate a real-world scenario okay, on-site. And also we have a checklist to make sure that the company is compliant and we are able to ensure that there's no lapse that we couldn't identify on the on-site audit. Okay, we have to draft out and implement for every business their data protection management program, DPMP, which consists of roughly anywhere from 15 to uh, 20 documents. This can be your internal, external data protection policies, your retention policies, data breach management plan, so on and so forth. Okay, we also ensure that clients have in place, if they have a corporate website, a PDPA compliant privacy policy, making sure that all the details that need to be there are there. Because the first thing that they want to um, uh, look at the privacy policy and how a company manage the personal data, okay, is to look at the privacy policy. Next, okay, we will get the group email for a, a business and this group email, okay, will be where the public, customers, or even PDBC will contact the organization which we are a part of and then a weekly emailer. So, so to fulfill the awareness portion, okay, we will send a weekly email to keep businesses up to date on any latest PDPA breaches, regulations, or even any cybersecurity hacking incident. Okay, we'll get our customers, the businesses, to go through PDPC's corporate e-learning, okay, there's assessment module as well, to ensure that we are sure that the employees understand the obligations of the PDPA. We'll provide a named individual for their agribus file. And last but not least, provide ongoing data protection support for any specific business question with regards to the PDPA, data protection, or even cybersecurity. Okay, so typical timeline, okay, we're looking at about four to six weeks to complete okay, the engagement to get a company more or less compliant. And of course, for the whole year engagement, okay, it's ongoing support. There will be miscellaneous questions, um, activities that we have to watch out for, constant monitoring and audits. Okay, so cost savings for businesses. Okay, so most business owners at this point may still be thinking, hmm, what is the cost of if I still want to develop one in-house DPO for my company? Okay, very quick breakdown. Okay, if you look at this number here, $70,000, you may be thinking, how can this be possible? Why do I need to spend so much money, right, to be able to get uh, my company PDPA compliant? So just look at the training portion to send one employee for training. They have to go through various training. Okay, to train someone from zero to hero, right, to be a profession, a proficient DPO, you're looking to spend amount, this amount of money. Policies, okay, no DPO would uh, know how to draft all the necessary data protection policies, okay, even going through causes. They will still need external help from consultants, law firms, or even service providers like ourselves. So then you'll be charged a bomb to understand your business activities, clarify everything, and draft out the needed documents. Okay, looking at just a very nominal fee of $3,500 per month for a compliance officer, you're looking at overall add together 70K, which is really, really a high amount that most businesses, I'm sure, will not be able to afford this amount uh, this period of time. Okay, which brings us to our pricing and how we charge is based on the employee size of a company. So if you're a small SME, one to five employees per year, Okay, we only charge for our professional fees $1,500. If you're slightly bigger, it's slightly more expensive. But just to stress the point, looking at the pricing here, what you're paying for a whole year's worth of engagement, protection with tangible deliverables, like the audits, okay, the reports, the documentation, and the awareness. 
right? What you're looking to pay for whole year's coverage is even less than one month's median Singaporean salary, okay, which is a really, really good deal in my opinion. And there's also market pricing. So feel free to go around, ask around what are the similar data protection uh, as a service, right, that other service providers are offering. And you can see for yourself when you get a quote that what others are charging is much, much more expensive. And in terms of the comprehensiveness of their scope of work, okay, you can see what we provide is much, much more than the rest. So just a last slide from me is that a quick recap. Okay, to have a DPO in place, you have to incur salaries. Okay, that's not even talking about annual bonus or CPF contribution. Productivity, okay, you have to spend time, you have to spend money to figure out how to do, what to do, okay, for your company. Okay, revenue. In terms of spending revenue and resources, okay, when you could be doing business development, but now you have to spend that same resources to comply with the PDP. So you just got to ask yourself, can businesses now afford it when you know that the PDPA is mandatory? Okay, you have increased operating expense, possible productivity and income loss. Is this something you still want to take it upon yourself to have an in-house DPO and figure out along the way what to do? Or for the professionals to come in, help you get compliant very, very quickly at a very nominal cost. Okay, and just to highlight this, we have a special promotion. If for those who are watching this webinar right now, okay, if you quote BSC, okay, Blackshot Consulting uh, 10, right, you'll be entitled to a 10% discount on our DPS service if you're interested. Feel free to contact us anytime, okay? This promotion will be valid till 31st October. As long as you quote BSC 10, okay, uh, you'll be legible for this. Okay, so I've uh, come to the end of my sharing session. It's just nice, uh, 5.30. Okay, Jesslyn, I'll return the um, screen sharing to you. Right, thank you. Thank you, Andy, for the very insightful sharing. Uh, you may ask any question uh, later during the open discussion.